presented by Facebook. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghuman Avalon. It's Tuesday, and this is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Here's a headline to start your morning by way of Politico's Burgess Everett and Heather Cagle. Dems fear Biden's domestic agenda could implode. Internal Democratic discord has wounded President Joe Biden's social spending plan, raising the prospect that the package could stall out, shrink dramatically, or even fail altogether. Let's run through the roadblocks. Centrist Senate Democrats Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema continue to be a major headache for party leadership's $3.5 trillion target. The Senate parliamentarian just nixed the party's year-long push to enact wide immigration reform. House members may tank the prescription drugs overhaul the party has run on for years, and the fight continues to brew over a plan from Senator Bernie Sanders to expand Medicare. Representative Emanuel Cleaver had this to say, quote, If any member of Congress is not concerned that this could fall apart, they need treatment. He also went on to warn that his party will, quote, pay for it at the polls if it fails in enacting Biden's agenda. The multi-problem pileup comes at a critical moment for the party and for Biden, who could use a legislative win amid recent slumping approval ratings. But though polls show that much of his social spending bill is popular, winning approval among slim majorities in Congress has been harder. Manchin has been the most outspoken Democrat, publicly asking for a pause on the big spending bill. A reminder, progressives are vowing to tank the infrastructure bill unless it's paired with the reconciliation package, and it's unlikely at best that that measure will be ready by Monday. A group of 5-10 to 10 House centrists have signaled to leadership that they would be willing to let the infrastructure bill fail rather than support the spending bill. It's a more attractive alternative to them than having to vote for painful tax increases to pay for it, according to a person familiar with the discussions. Politico's Olivia Beavers provides early clues to an all-important question on the Hill this week. If progressives oppose the bipartisan infrastructure bill when it comes up for a scheduled vote Monday, will Republicans provide the votes needed to pass it? The short answer appears to be no, at least in the numbers that will be needed. Quote, fewer than a dozen House Republicans are expected to vote for the $550 billion infrastructure bill, which got 19 Senate GOP votes last month, according to multiple lawmakers in the party. But... If it becomes clear that the party's $3.5 trillion reconciliation plan is dead, GOP votes for the infrastructure bill could triple. Today, Biden interrupts his mission to rescue his agenda in Congress with a mission to rescue his agenda with world leaders when he speaks at 10 a.m. Eastern before the U.N. General Assembly. A few headlines to know what to expect today from The New York Times. Climate, COVID, and Biden's challenged credibility underline U.N.'s big week. The Guardian. Biden's UN speech will try to convince member states that America is back. Washington Post, Biden seeks to open a new chapter in world affairs, facing fresh skepticism from allies. A few key topics will be front and center today. One, the fallout from Afghanistan. The hangover for European allies perturbed by America's messy pullout from Afghanistan still lingers. The new report from Amnesty International details what everyone expected. The Taliban are steadily dismantling the human rights gains of the last 20 years. One of America's final acts of the war was a drone strike, killing 10 civilians, mostly children, that the White House on Monday said Biden wanted investigated, and that'll be used as a cudgel by adversaries to criticize America this week at the UN. Two, climate skepticism. On climate policy, a top priority at the UN General Assembly this week, Biden's aggressive plan to reduce emissions by 50% by 2030 has been more or less outsourced to a senator from a coal state with no interest in the White House's preferred approach to reaching that goal. 
on Monday before his meeting with Biden. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said there was a quote, high risk of failure at the November climate summit in Scotland. Three, COVID outrage. Biden's COVID policies has fared little better. Europeans have seethed for 18 months over a ban on travel to the United States, but Biden will be showing up with a piece of good news. The administration announced on Monday that fully vaccinated foreigners are now welcome into the United States. The World Health Organization has criticized America's approach to vaccine sharing and the Biden administration's push for booster shots when much of the world hasn't had a single dose yet. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will deliver remarks before the U.N. General Assembly. At noon, Biden will participate in a bilateral meeting with Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison. At 2.15, Biden will depart Manhattan to return to the White House, where he's scheduled to arrive at 3.55. At 4.45, the president will participate in a bilateral meeting with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson in the Oval Office. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. The vice president will travel to the D.C. home of Jamie Smith, who is part of the sandwich generation, caring for her children and her parents for a kitchen table conversation on the administration's agenda. At 9.30 a.m., Biden will meet with Melinda French Gates to discuss the pandemic in the VP's office. At 3 p.m., Harris will meet with Boris Johnson in the vice president's ceremonial office. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will gaggle aboard Air Force One on the way back to D.C., the House will meet at 10 a.m. The Senate will meet at 10.30 a.m. Speaker Nancy Pelosi will visit Suzanne Brennan Furstenberg's in America. Remember, a public art installation commemorating U.S. coronavirus deaths on the National Mall at 11 a.m. and deliver remarks. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And if you haven't already, please take our Politico podcast survey. I promise you, it'll only take a few minutes. It's at politico.com slash pod survey. That's politico.com slash P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y. There's also a link to it in our show notes. See, I even made it easy for you. Come on. All right, I'm Roku Munaval and have a lovely last day of summer. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook stops more bad actors online than other tech companies. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com slash safety.